The Soul of an Internet Machine, a podcast journaling the adventures of a business and a software development team figuring their way through the challenges of launching a new venture. We make the occasional good decision, spend time following bad ones, and get trapped by world events. Ping me, Christina Moore, on Twitter at Seymour underbar SP. That's Charlie Mike, C-M-O-O-R-E underbar SP, or at the website, ChristinaMoore.us. Chapter 12. It's just work. The first time I offered it's just work as a phrase of sympathy, empathy, and motivation, I rather missed the mark. I sounded like a jackass, likely pompous and intolerant. Far from my intent, though. I desire to acknowledge the choices we make and the duties that we assume. This week, I am upgrading 74 web pages that interact with an Oracle database. Sometimes what needs to be done is just work, rarely headline-worthy, rarely exciting, rarely even noteworthy. This winter, Oracle improved the security and integrity of how it manages data on web pages. I must go through each page, one at a time, make small manual changes, and save my work, then test my work. I get about six done per day. The work goes slowly. The action's routine. The pace, steady. The effort will take more than two weeks, given the normal interruptions of life and business. And the normal interruptions of life in 2020 and 2021 seem heavy and harder than most years. In a case of not funny ironies, I published the episode PST Baby, Primary, Secondary, Tertiary, in which I explored the importance of redundancy in planning and even the value of redundancy in systems. I discussed a major 2008 fire on a U.S. aircraft carrier, a plane crash involving a FedEx jet, and minor mishaps while sailing. The day after I published the episode, our primary heating system failed. The January temperatures here in the southern Green Mountains of Vermont remain below freezing most of the winter. We have nearly a meter of snow, and our new propane furnace stopped working. In the true spirit of primary, secondary, tertiary, we have backup heating system. When we bought the propane furnace in 2018, we also installed a series of mini splits or ductless heating systems and air conditioning system. This system is less reliable in the bitter cold as heat exchanging process suffers, the fins freeze up and such. It also works better if it is on. I turned it off because of the icing. A week later, we're still limping along on our backup system. Yet another lesson reinforcing the discipline of PST. And let me admit that with a lifetime in crisis management, I would prefer home systems to flow along without thought. Oh well. Back to work. The very work that permits us to have heat, some heat, put food on the table, and endeavor onward. Whilst upgrading 74 web pages, I feel, I see, I measure slow, steady progress. It's just work. It is the work of my chosen career. It is the work for which I get paid. And there it is, the mantra, the motivation, the rhythm, and the reason for the effort. How else to celebrate and acknowledge the steady, even mundane elements that make up our days? For me, I also write Five to 15,000 words per week. I write software. I spend hours updating our applications. What a surprise. I sit at a desk from 7 a.m. each morning, working. I often work short days on weekends, keeping up with the pace and demands. 
I have my Earl Grey tea during the morning. I listen to my classical music from my Boston station, CRB. The first time I said, it's just work, I infuriated my audience. Oops. I honestly intended comfort and sympathy. Seriously, it's what I do each day. Up, breakfast, tea, work. All over the world, in all sorts of situations, facing all sorts of calamities and chaos, work serves as a steadying and stabilizing factor. When I uttered the phrase, it's just work, aloud in the lobby of the Hyatt House in San Juan, Puerto Rico, it all backfired on me. Most of the tenants or residents of the hotel came to the islands to help the government of Puerto Rico through the recovery of the twin 2017 hurricanes Irma and Maria. The government selected our software as the tool to track all of the U.S. federal funds, collect all of the supporting evidentiary documentation, and guide people through the complicated financial recovery process. Our software strives to detect and deter fraud. Many of the other people in the hotel worked for various consultancies who gathered and reported on the financial aspects of disaster recovery. The U.S. government, like so many other governments and aid agencies, require proof that funds support honest and productive efforts towards established goals, such as disaster recovery. Our goals during the months of October, November, and December of 2017 involved getting food, drinking water, power, and communication services to nearly 4 million residents of the islands of Puerto Rico. There exists a cadre of professionals who respond to disasters with skills and expertise in financial recovery. We don't swing hammers, pull wires, cook food, or deliver supplies. We facilitate the process of getting everything paid for. We're the bookkeepers and clerks of these huge, messy operations. Honestly, the least glamorous, the least photogenic, the least observed part of disaster response and recovery. Chef Jose Andres does amazing work feeding people through World Central Kitchen. We all see him in his white coat and skillet in hand. He, his team, his food, his resources show up, then feed people. There is a sense of relief to those being served by teams like World Central Kitchen. I know little more about Chef Jose other than what I see on television and the internet, yet I can infer. World Central Kitchen includes logistics, financial, and fundraising divisions that pay the bills. Even charity organizations doing good works have to pay the bills and keep the books balanced. Many, even most of us, have experienced that massive sense of relief and hope when rescuers arrive. As a paramedic, I used to show up to emergency calls in a big ambulance and then later in my chief's car filled with medical supplies, communication gear. I had water, blankets, and carried hope for all. Sometimes people are deeply appreciative and deeply expressive about their feelings when rescuers and responders show up. I retired from most of the uniformed efforts. I am no longer a licensed paramedic, and I no longer fight real fires. The work was difficult, but people during crisis often show the very best of themselves. I love that. Before retiring from emergency services, I responded from Vermont to a crisis in Massachusetts. I drove my flashy chief's car with all of my flashy paramedic and firefighting gear to some town hall. I passed through police checkpoints. Some waved me through, but one cop noticed all of the Vermont tags before stopping me and asking the obvious question. Where are you going and why? 
clearly I was not responding as a paramedic and they didn't need me as a firefighter. I spoke honestly. I am part of the financial response unit for incident management. A lot of words that obscured the fact that I am a computer programmer doing bookkeeping. It's rare that anyone gives emergency lights and a siren to chefs, bookkeepers, logisticians, computer programmers, and all of the other unseen services. Yet, that cadre always exists and always has. Some of the earliest evidence of writing on this planet is about keeping accounts and bookkeeping. The proof of Vikings trading in North America is shown with tally sticks done in bone and antler. That means that some Scandinavian traveler did the math and bookkeeping while wandering the Canadian coastal waters. Odd to think of Scandinavians in their longboats with an accountant in the ranks. The evidence exists. They kept tally of trades. This professional cadre of disaster response staff gather each receipt and invoice. They gather payroll data and usage logs of equipment such as generators. Yes, these professionals dispense advice as well. The advice normally includes variations on how to record and keep proof of expenditures and a reminder of the risks when fund recipients fail. When grant fund recipients fail, the grant money goes away or even gets taken back. These professionals counsel their clients on how to follow procurement law and make sure that the stewardship of federal or international aid adheres to rules. This is work. Normally, it is honest and hard work. It is work done under difficult conditions. Typically, the teams fly into disaster zones. And when every civic and political leader wants urgent problems solved immediately, these people strive to remind these leaders to remain within the law regardless of location and culture. The pressure to solve problems during a crisis often triggers leaders to seek shortcuts. These shortcuts sometimes run counter to the responsibility they have for spending federal funds. You can't just hire your friends and family. Disaster response work is difficult and often thankless. But that's true for a lot of work, isn't it? I love watching videos of master crafts and master tradespeople do their work, stone carver, woodworker, chef, butcher. I also love watching videos of master musicians. In each movement, I am awed by the precision, efficiency, and the skill. That comes from years and thousands of hours of effort and mistakes and failures. Getting from here to there is work, hard work, dedicated work. I sound like an old New England Puritan, and I don't mean to. So when, at the Hyatt House in San Juan, I said, it's just work, I tried to convey something beautiful and rhythmic and routine in the effort. People stood before me telling me that tracking $5 billion, $1 at a time, is too much work. I agree. It is a lot of work. The roads are closed. 95% of the residents have no power and no fresh water. Hundreds of thousands of homes have no roofs. The grocery stores have no food. And the only way forward for the people of Puerto Rico is to push through the paperwork one invoice at a time. Sure, me and my team are toolsmiths. Our software improves the process. Our tool helps. Our software does not do its own data entry, and there is no one else coming to the island to do the data entry. That's the job. While the citizens struggle, we're fed. While no one else has internet, 
we do data entry because the bills have to be paid. Throughout the hotel, teams of individuals sat on floors, sat on beds, sat at hotel desks typing from dusk to dawn. They'd text me and I'd help. The massive amount of data was being put into the system. During the first 18 months, these people scanned and uploaded over 400,000 digital documents. These documents took up 1.8 terabytes of space on our servers. Here and there, people said, there has to be a better way. There must be a faster way. You need to make this easier on me. Sure, we kept improving the software to help. But as everyone knows, or nearly everyone knows, software is the tool. The software needs humans to make decisions and to get data into it. I never really understood a billion dollars. I can kind of wrap my head around a million, a few hundred thousand here and a few hundred thousand there. Boom, you get to a million. I'm not the nickel candy bar generation. That was my parents' generation. There is no nickel candy bar anymore. A million dollars U.S. is fewer than 10 modest homes. A million dollars U.S. is about 20 or 25 new full-size pickup trucks. I can count to 25. And if I can count to 25 pickup trucks, I can count to 1 million. A billion has always been that number beyond my understanding. I have been managing million-dollar and multi-million-dollar projects for two decades. A billion pushes my understanding. The initial or emergency phase of Puerto Rico's recovery cost FEMA about $5 billion, which means it cost U.S. taxpayers $5 billion, very roughly the same amount the city of New York received in support following Hurricane Sandy. Gather invoices and time records and receipts for $5 billion in expense is tough work, making it more complicated, working in two languages, working to support disaster recovery whilst living in the disaster zone, and more. It is hard work. It is slow, steady work. It is work few people can do. It is necessary work. That's true for most of us, though, isn't it? In 2020, we all expanded our appreciation and understanding of essential workers. We've added the grocer and many others to the list of essential workers. The longer we try to live in lockdown, the more we recognize how much we need our communities and need each other. The work we each do somehow supports another. I know I have 75 web pages to upgrade. No shortcut utility is going to save me time. I can't write a tool to simplify the job. I must, just like so many other tasks, do the work. That's okay. My modest effort, my steady plod through the tasks, is a tiny effort in helping some unknown customer avoid problems. If I fail, maybe I open a security problem. If I don't keep going, maybe I expose the database to a problem we don't need to. We've made a promise that we... Our software, our expertise can and will help others through their crisis. I'll do that by making a daily and even hourly investment in the work. Working inside a disaster zone, living for months in a hotel is a choice that individuals make. The job requires long, long hours in difficult conditions. The work involves chasing every bloody piece of paper possible to prove that the funds are being used honestly and in accordance to rules. I guess I'm lacking in sympathy, huh? I don't want to. I want the phrase to be sympathetic. Empathetic. How or why? Because the phrase, it's just work, 
echoes my inner voice. I say to myself, I can get through 74 web pages by working through each web page one at a time. I may not know how to write, record, and publish 33 total podcast episodes within a year, which I did. I do know how to write one, record one, publish one. If I can do one, I can do two. If I can do two, I can do three, and so on. It's just work. Hard work. Work that requires focus and heat. Work that requires skills and training. Work that requires dedication. Work that may have no immediate or apparent benefit. I don't know why Oracle Apex changed the database linky stuff on the web pages. I'm certain I can dig and find out. I could whine about the utility not working well. Ultimately, though, it is my duty to make sure that our suite of tools adhere to the highest standards, even when the standards shift. It's just work serves our team as a pole star or a guiding phrase. I insist, it's just work is an empathetic phrase because I am giving voice to my inner mantra. You and I are the same. And during some part of each day we work, we get paid for that work. And that work is what it is. Work is humble. Work is often private and executed alone. Work is often repetitive. And if we're lucky, Maybe the work brings calm and focus and a zen-like state. I like being absorbed into my work. That meditative state can relax me. Certainly not every day or every task, but when I find that groove, I breathe and I relax. Things get done. What am I doing? I'm working. Join me. It isn't easy. It isn't fast. It isn't photogenic. It makes for terrible TikTok entries. Just another human being at a keyboard or practicing their craft. It's just work, baby. Thankfully, my work pays bills, brings me joy, and I am grateful that I also get to help others along the way. It's just work, and I'm thankful for it. The Soul of an Internet Machine is a copyrighted production of Fire Media LLC 2020, all rights reserved. You can find me at my website, christinamore.us. Email is okay too, christina at christinamore.us. Mm-hmm.